coming in hot, hot, hot. Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, 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 welcome back to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, and today we are hanging out with the beautiful Emily Hall. She is a life coach, and she has a signature process that teaches her clients to have the unshakable, unshakable confidence to go after their audacious dreams. She gives you the gift of a limitless mindset, opening up a world where anything is possible. Thank you so much for being here, Emma. It's so awesome to have you here. And I, I just have to ask, I see our audience won't see it, but you have a beautiful tattoo on your shoulder. What's that all about? Yeah, thank you. Um, so it's actually, I have a full back piece tattoo and that's just a little part of it coming over my shoulder. And that's um, a big part of kind of my identity it's it's a fire dragon and that's really like i identify as um a fire dragon and having that spirit so it's uh it's really neat thank you for commenting on it oh that's amazing i love that you know like when we i i like to see myself as a tiger you know and you see the pictures um they do it with the lions too but like the little kitten and then they're you know like they're the cub and then they're fierce you know but we always have this self-image of oh you know i'm just a small little thing and i'm so weak and but then we're really strong like our reflection is like no i'm strength so i, I love that you have that tattooed on you that is so cool so <laughs> you know just reflecting back like you know you have a story of tattoos are a story right it's the the body art that tells a beautiful story and there's a um a beautiful reason why somebody has that tattoo and the story behind it and it mirrors nicely with money stories so what what money story were you told when you were growing up it was interesting because um my mom was kind of the the primary person that raised us my my parents are both in the navy and my dad was away a lot so mom was was the one that raised us and she she just made stuff happen she took care of things and i really was very unaware of money and it was only as i was honestly like in my 30s and 40s that she started to share with us at times things had been a struggle but she just you know smoothed over it and pretended everything was okay which was how she was brought up the good old british stiff upper lip and i you know i love her dearly for that she was just trying to take care of us and protect us but how much did it actually serve me because i didn't understand about how to to manage and cope and budget and, and even have any real concept of, of our affluence as a family I like that. That's interesting because the mom usually is like, you know, the the pillar of strength in the family. And, you know, we always like to say the dad's the, dad's the head, but the mom's the neck. She controls everything. <laughs> 
and it makes that stance. And, you know, growing up, we're not taught about finances, but they're definitely modeled for us. And we all, all, all of us are exposed to money idioms. What money idiom did you grow up with? Hmm. Yeah, um, that's such a great question. I really think that honestly, there was a real absence of awareness of finances. Um, my dad was very much he was like, Yeah, whatever you want, let's just do the thing. And you know, I wanted a pony and I got a pony and had absolutely no idea of the implications of that. So I really grew up with a, a stark absence of money story at all. Oh, wow. Now that's unusual, but you got a pony when you were little. <laughs> what did, yeah. How long did you have the pony for? Oh my goodness. Well, to start with, I did have to prove that I was committed to this by going and like volunteering at the local stables and then looking after someone else's pony. And um, off and on, I probably got my first pony when I was in my early teens, I'm going to say. And then we um, had various different um, ponies or horses until actually i left home and my dad kept um the horse that we had at that time so probably for eight years or so yeah that's a great that's a long stretch and it, it is it's amazing like all little girls want a pony right and they don't realize how much work it is to take care of a pony <laughs> exactly know? yeah they need attention it's like with the dog all little girls want a dog and then they get the dog and it's like what you what do you mean i have to walk it and play with it and no i just want to like do my own thing and you know if the dog ends up getting ignored and all that so I, I love that you, they kind of taught you that discipline about, no, this is what you need to do. And if you want a pony, let's get you to work. And so did they kind of send the message that you had to work for your money or you had to work for what you wanted? Yes. You know what? The, I love this. This is like so healing. It's like you're helping me explore this stuff because actually, <laughs> yes, I definitely, that was a story is that you have to earn things and that, you know, almost that the work is hard you know mm -hmm. life isn't meant to be easy we we have to work things and earn things and deserve things yeah, yeah. that's a very strong message you know because you know I, I had shared earlier you know talking about money is taboo we don't talk about finances and you know a lot of families will will just go through life and you know parents may be arguing about money you know and they're worried about oh can can we send our kids to private school or do we need to do public school and can we afford like designer clothes or do they you know go, go to goodwill and there's all this this controversy and a lot of times parents will argue like well no our children deserve the best and then we're going to get the best and then they really don't have the money and then they have to ask them to hide their purchases did you experience anything like that growing up um my my gran on my my mum's side was very much um what we call a, a bit of a snob and so she she liked all the niceties and the um fancy things and she always dressed like immaculately and drank from a china cup and then i recently learned that 
her family actually was really quite poor. Whereas my grandfather, who was incredibly humble and just quiet, was from a wealthy family. Because my gran had, um, you know, these affectations that that she put on. So um, that that was interesting. But um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, I, I lost myself there. What was your question? <laughs> You're doing great. Just <laughs> that was funny. You reflected back on a time about your grandma who pretended to be rich. I mean, what she I'm assuming she was married to your grandfather who was wealthy. So she acquired yeah. that wealth and she played the part, but she actually grew up poor. Yeah. So she put this memory in you that kind of you just kind of went off back into time and reflecting on that, but just the influence of money, like, you know, parents. The original question was parents talk and argue, you know, behind closed doors about how they're going to provide for their children. Should they go to private mm. school, school? You know, should they have fine clothes or should they shop at Goodwill or what have you? Right. And, you know, what was your experience growing up? And it's funny. Yeah, that yeah. You honed yeah, in so on your my grandma. Gran just really came back to me. But my mom, my mom was all about the thrift store. And I fought back and resisted against that. But now I love nothing better than going to a thrift store and getting a bargain. <laughs> um, so many people do shop at thrift stores. They, yeah. A lot of um, when my kids were growing up, my daughter's 29 now, when she was a teenager, she's like, Mom, I want to go to Sally's Boutique. And I'm like, Sally's Boutique? Is that a new store? She's like, no, it's been around forever. And I had no idea it was Salvation Army. <laughs> so when we get there, I'm like, oh, Salvation Army is now called Sally's Boutique. <laughs> I had never heard that either. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like we call Target Target. So, you know, it's yeah. a fun store. <laughs> there was definitely, yeah, shame around um, having secondhand things. You know, you didn't want, you wanted to have new things um not hand-me-downs and not secondhand for sure i went to um in in the uk school system you wore uniforms so i think that's a great leveler but you definitely kind of you know did what you could within your uniform to try to express yourself but from a um, financial leveling perspective i i do think school uniforms are, are great yeah. Oh, for so many reasons, <laughs> just for morale and, you know, the competition. I went to a public school and we wanted uniforms because some of the girls just dressed to the nine and, you know, just shopped at the best of the stores. And most of the people were middle class and they couldn't afford, you know, at that time, $60 jeans, you know, which is probably equivalent to like $150 pair of jeans today. You know, especially if there was like, you know, seven, seven or eight kids in the family, it just was unheard of, you know, and I had been working since I was 11 years old to buy my own school clothes. So what's your first encounter with money where you actually earned it? How old were you? Tell us more about that. My first job, I was working at a fish and chip shop, again, terribly British. And um I must have been, I'm going to say around 13. I think that was when you could start working. And I remember that like you smelled of fish and chips, right? All your clothes, your hair. And, and so it was, um, 
that was embarrassing. Like I couldn't go out after work with a friend. You'd have to go home and shower and change. Um, and um, but you did get cheap fish and chips, so there was that benefit. <laughs> <laughs> when you got your first paycheck, uh, I'm assuming you got a paper paycheck. Maybe it was direct deposited. How did you? How did you feel when you received that? And what did you do with your money? Gosh, no, I'm I'm much older than that. It was cash. It was money that I got paid. Um, and I don't know. Let me suppose, though, what I would have done. Mm, probably bought um, like magazines. I remember, you know, um, smash hits was like the big magazine at the time. Um, and I do remember when I was younger, saving up to buy my first record. Mm. Um, and that was Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. Oh, I love Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> He's my favorite. That's awesome. <laughs> what a great choice. Great selection. So imagine money as a person. How would you describe your relationship today? Money as a person? Um, hmm. You know, I think that money as a person in my life is someone that I'm not that close to, but mm. I, um, I like them and um, I enjoy their company, but I don't spend a lot of time nurturing the relationship with them. Um, but when we do hang out, we have a great time. Yeah, that's interesting. So what if you think about the dating stages like you know when you meet somebody maybe you go to a speed dating event and then you have your first second date where where would you where are you at with money in in that dating sequence oh we're we're all in like we've we've fooled around <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you <laughs> So a lot of times, you know, like I talk about partnering with money, money and I are best friends. We've been hanging around for years. And, you know, a lot of times when I say I partner with money, people think 50-50. What's your impression about partnering with money? That's such a great concept. Yeah, because partnership does not necessarily mean 50-50, right? And um, that whole equal, what is equal? Um, so what would be my partnership with money, I think she does more work than I do. She's like busily um, off doing things in the background and taking care of me, just like my mom did, while I'm breezing around having a grand old time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. She's there supporting you. Because sometimes when money is ignored or thinks that it's not really, you know, priority in someone's life, it takes off. So it's good that money has been sticking around and, and creating this limitless abundance in your life. Yeah, I did um, listen to an, an audio book a couple of years ago. And one of the big takeaways from it was that if you are not noticing your money, if you're not paying attention to where your money is, then, and this is from a manifestation perspective, your universe is not going to give you any more because you are not showing gratitude for what you have and nor are you showing the capacity to manage anymore. So that did help me have a real shift 
And in my business, I do have spreadsheets that track, you know, how much um, money is committed, my actuals, things like that. And then personally, I, I track my expenditure as well. I have a little app that I track how much I spend. And then I make an effort. I have a little book of evidence that universe is conspiring for me. And that's where I'll put in any, um, you know, abundance that, that I receive. And so that's where I celebrate um, any money coming in. And then in my business plan as well, like it, it has the usual business plan things. And then it has celebrations for what I'm going to do when, like when I sign a new client, I get 50 bucks to spend on whatever I want. And then at different goals, you know, 30,000, 50,000, you can mm -hmm. do this or that. So, so that's already planned into my, my business plan to, to celebrate my abundance. Oh, I love that. We do that in my program, Wealth Activation. We take the celebration of the money, any money that we have or that we plan to have, we create money buckets, you know, money goals. And then we celebrate that and just do a happy dance and write out the story of like, okay, this is what money did for me and reflecting back and forward and thinking about what is all the things that money has done for me in my lifetime and really rewiring our mindset around money so that we can have that more intimate relationship because money is energy but a lot of people don't see it that way, you know, and there's so many stories that we have made up in our heads that we've believed to be true because it has been repeatedly, repeatedly told to us. And it's like, wait a minute, stop. And I love that, you know, that the manifestation, a lot of people, I always make jokes about manifestation because some people just do it halfway. <laughs> They're like, I'm just going to think this is, and this is going to appear. Now I think you need some action with that and intention. And I had um, talked to another um, guest who was a manifestor traveler, I think was the proper way to say that. And she was talking about really having the faith and believing in what you're receiving. So she wanted to travel to Paris and she really didn't have the funds for it. So she said, well, I want to travel to Paris and I'm going to get a good deal. And the next day she saw an airfare for $450 and she was flying from the States to, to, wow. Um, and I thought that is cool, you know, and, and we, we do, we see deals like that all the time, but we miss them because we're not in tuned in it or we just get so busy, you know, and we kind of do that with our business too. So I love that you have, you know, ex sheets and, and graphs and whatever, however you do to track your money and app and all of that, because a lot of times people will do bank, what we call bank balancing. They'll open up their finances or their bank balances. Oh, look at all the money I have. I can go do this. And then they go blow you know, however much money they want to on whatever expense. And then the bill comes or taxes come They're You know, they have to pay their staff or whatever. And they're like, oh, I don't have any money. So having the discipline to be able to say like, no, this is this is my money. I look at my wealth activation roadmap and this is how I'm going to do things. And this is how much money I have for this. And then having those goals, that's such so beautiful. So are you did you say you're a solopreneur? Yes, yes, I am. So as a solopreneur, when you think about managing your finances and your business expenses, what helps you to decide whether when you should expand, like grow your team or add on an operating expense? Because I know a lot of a lot of ladies that I work with, they spend so much, they take all of their business income and pour it back into their business and they expand so quickly that they end up going into the cycle of debt. So how do you, um, I know you have the sheets, but what other um strategies do you use to help you 
grow so that you're not overwhelmed with expenses and you're really keeping that profit coming in? Making sure that any decisions that I make are truly in alignment with me and my brand. So I'm, you know, I'm really clear on who I am, why I'm serving people and, you know, who I want to serve and how. And so not letting myself get distracted by shiny objects and, and sucked into, you know, people's um, clever sales pitches and realize that, no, I actually, I, I don't need to spend $500 a month on someone to write SEO. I don't get, like my clients come to me through multiple different ways. I don't need that, you know, so um, being being really clear and when opportunities are presented, I will sit with them and I, I have a decision-making tool that, that I teach my clients and I, I use that tool for myself to help me make a decision that I feel really good about, that I know is in, in alignment. And then I can either say yes and be all in without guilt or just say no and move on without any regret. I love that. That's beautiful. You want to share the tool? <laughs> Absolutely. It's super simple. So you, whatever decision there is that you want to make, you write out on a separate sheet of paper what the possible answers are. And then for each of those answers, you're going to make three lists. So one list is, you know, in if we go ahead with this decision in this direction, what are the things that I must have? What are absolute essentials? And then you write out, what do I absolutely refuse to have in this scenario? So you've got your black and white, do not want, must have. And then your third column is those kind of like, well, I don't mind. It doesn't really, it's not the, the deal breaker. And mm. you do that for each of those possible options. And you'll find that there is a, a lot of repetition and similarity. And so you really get to know yourself and what your thought processes are, what is important to you and why it's important to you. And it just becomes abundantly clear which one is the right answer. And you can use this for anything. Like I've used it for dating. Clients use it for deciding like where to move to or new jobs and um, manifesting like a new business partner you can use it for really any decision yeah that's beautiful i have a similar tool that we we do an exercise and we write out is you know our thoughts are the most powerful tool that we have and writing out our thoughts especially when it comes to money mindset like why am i purchasing this what's the what's the roi on the investment and is am i going into debt and what's going to be the outcome and you know what if i don't do this thing type of thing so i love that that you're doing that because i always say you know if your purchase doesn't make if you're if, if it doesn't make sense it won't make dollars and if you think about every dollar every you know time we invest in something we're parting with money in a different way. You know, we're just exchanging that energy of money for that product or that service. But then when it doesn't fulfill the need that we desire, we get all upset. And then we tend to blame it on others like, oh, their program didn't work. And all programs work, but they might not work for you. So I love that you have this thought process in place because you know, we get pitched to all the time. We get, you know, cold DMs and, you know, all these things and crazy emails and, <laughs> you know, random things or, you know, like, buy my thing. It's like, stop. <laughs> so I love how you just like, nope, 
And I'm not going to do that. And that takes really good discipline to be able to say that because most people will go after the shiny objects, especially if they're in that rut in that place of their business where they've you know, have had zero months for, you know, two or three months in a row. So when you experienced that in, in like maybe in the beginning of when you started your entrepreneurial journey, how did, did you use that same tool to work through it? Or did you kind of like graduate, gradually work yourself up to it? It's, de- I mean, you know, being an entrepreneur, the fact is that you are going to have great months and you're going to have crappy months <laughs> and so you have to be so strong and resilient and have so much confidence to navigate that and to not go off the the deep end during those bad months and start grasping and getting needy um i i work with my i have a life coach and a business coach and i mean i definitely work with them in those moments it really helps to to talk things through so definitely having a coach like like yourself to to support you when when you're having those kind of thoughts but reminding myself that i have a plan i've got a great product i know what i'm doing and that everything's going to be okay is really how i get through those and resisting noticing when i'm starting to be needy and graspy Mm -hmm. and definitely journaling through that like you said our our thoughts are our most powerful tool and we can use them for ourselves or against ourselves Mm -hmm. so really navigating all of those those thoughts that that i'm having when i'm feeling needy and graspy and then when you journal or talk it out you finish your thought rather than just kind of spinning in in the same little kind of nascent thought and invariably you actually come to a logical conclusion that helps you get back on track and so that's really what i found and and from that is how i developed the decision maker through realizing what am i actually doing here and Mm -hmm. and how well it works and so then just creating that from it yeah i'm making those decisions i love that when you think about um working with your clients i know you talked a little bit and shared a little bit but tell us more about what you do share your elevator pitch with us (laughs) yeah i i mean confidence is basically the essence of what i teach because when you have confidence things just fall into place without guilt and drama and and like i said you you get to have your inner voice as a cheerleader in decision making is fun you you're taking action you're you're out of self-doubt and you stop procrastinating so i teach my clients how to have the confidence to go after whatever their audacious dream is and we work through five different pillars and those are around um the self-love and gratitude are huge those are super important making great decisions and small steps creating big results and then upholding your boundaries and so i work through those areas with each of my clients obviously the journey is unique everyone is unique and they journey through ups and downs and we navigate stumbles together but all in the name of helping them have the confidence to do whatever it is that they want to do oh i love that that's so beautiful so what tip would you give to our audience something a micro result that they could do to multiply money in their lives yeah so i it's actually something that i recently implemented for myself i have i love gourmet coffee 
But what I've started doing is making conscious decisions when I'm in town. It's like, do I really need a latte? Maybe instead of going to the coffee shop, I skip it altogether, or maybe I go to a different coffee shop and just get a cup of tea. And then whatever money I didn't spend on my gourmet coffee, I put it, it transfer it immediately into a bank account, which is my savings account. And I have a specific goal for what I'm saving up for, which is actually, I'm going to buy an RV and travel across Canada for a whole year. So it's going to take a lot of coffee and donuts to skip. <laughs> but having, having a specific goal that you're working towards, and then you know, denying yourself something that doesn't actually really serve you or contribute, and instead taking that value and putting it towards your goal and just watching that grow. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. And that was, I have a client that we did something similar for her when she was making a habit out of it, but you can listen to that in one of the prior podcasts that I did. <laughs> All kinds of tips and stuff to help us reach our goals and fulfill the dreams that we do have. So thank you so much, Emma, for being here, for sharing your money story and your expertise and how you help people. What's the best way for um, our audience to connect with you? Thank you. Yeah, the best way is to head over to my website at lifeuntethered.com. And then that's got the links to all my socials, my phone number, my email is on there. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at V Life Untethered as well. And yeah, reach out, let me know what's going on, what your dreams are, and how I can help you find the confidence to make them happen. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put those links in the show notes so that you can connect with Emma and see if she can help you get your untethered life, create limit, limitless abundance. And, you know, when we think about multiplying money, it all has to do with showing up, knowing what we want, what our purpose is and going after it and making decisions so that we're not going after those shiny objects. Because remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire. With a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system, you get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.